You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play that's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and uh, we got a lot to get into today. Alabama, Tennessee coming up at 2.30 on CBS on Saturday, and uh, we'll break it down for you. The Cheetah Package unleashed last week ended up with uh, right at, what, 13, I think it was, hurries, eight uh, from uh, Will Anderson, three sacks, and uh, we'll see whether or not they can keep that up against this Tennessee offense that's put up huge numbers this year and continue to prove on all three levels of football for Josh Heupel and what he's done there at Tennessee. Going to be a great matchup coming up on Saturday. We'll continue to break it down all throughout the week as well as some of the other matchups like Auburn at Ole Miss. And uh, Lane Kiffin, some of his thoughts on the hot seat that Brian Harson is on right now. Where does Auburn sit as far as their decision-making? Uh, do they let a guy like Brian Harson go now? Do they uh, continue kind of going down this road? And, uh, you know, who's out there to go get? We talked about Matt Rule as well as others. So uh, we'll break all that down for you as well with Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Barker. The Jay Barker Show is presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely 
love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. The food, the drinks, the fun with family, friends, and coworkers. You'll have a blast at Top Golf at Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Oxford Anderson. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, guys. Good afternoon and uh, another beautiful day in the city of Birmingham. How are you guys? Incredible. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. What a Monday night game last night between the Chiefs and the Raiders. I got to say this real quick. Play ball! <laughs> uh, Braves and Phillies are about to start their first game of the NLDS. But well, give us your uh, assessment of the Braves. Uh, I think we got a shot. I think we got a real shot. Phillies have come on late. We'll find out today. Max Free takes the bump. and uh, I think that's a great start for us. But Ranger Suarez is the Phillies pitcher. And he's been he's been really good on the road. So that being said, the the lead is last night. I mean, Lawrence, it, have, has the game passed me by? Why are they going for two? I, I, I mean, I don't I understand Each that. Each team did it. Each team did well, it. Well, then maybe Jay can explain. It. I, I I couldn't believe it. One, the Chiefs were a seven point favorite, right? Oh, well, we're gonna get down to the <laughs> you numbers. Kick, you kick the extra point and you're up eight. Yeah. Worst case scenario, though, is. They score eight on you, and it's tied, and you go to overtime. I, but you I just, push them to that. You would have pushed them. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I still, yeah. Just, I did not understand going for two, uh, and then the Raiders did the same thing. Jay, can you figure that out for us? NFL I man? have no idea. It's about as crazy as the uh, – you were talking about the, the Atlanta Braves. Philadelphia Phillies relief pitcher David Robertson is out for the division series against Atlanta for a celebration injury. So sprained his left or his right calf, excuse me, jumping up in the air when Bryce Harper homered against the Cardinals in the last round. So uh, the uh, game tonight, game one. Tuscaloosa, uh, I believe. Yeah. So uh, celebration causing him some some issue. We'll dive into that a little bit more coming up as well a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't understand. I really don't understand it myself. I don't know if it's an analytics thing now that they look at. Um, I I found it interesting that – Gosh, what's his name? He was at South Carolina forever. I think he was actually the head coach there, but he's now uh, at North Carolina with Mac Brown, and he was behind Mac Brown with a folder uh, this past weekend as North Carolina was playing, and he was going through all the different scenarios, like flipping through the charts, um, and it was like index cards that he was looking at and going you know, down in distance, what's the scenario, and they've all gotten really big at this um, and wanting to have the analytics. And, and I don't know, I mean, you guys tell me, like, to me, I, I love the guys like Spurrier that kind of called plays on the on, as far as Phil. He didn't have even a, a sheet to look at. He just was on the sideline doing the signals and, you know, calling plays out, watching what the defense was doing, watching a rush or watching how a cornerback or safety reacted to a particular run play or a pass play or formation. Then off of that would begin to attack the defense. Uh, now they have all these different, you know, analytics and stuff they look at. And, and part of me thinks is that their way of kind of having something to go back and go, well, the analytics said to do it is an excuse for them that the play doesn't work out the way that it should, that now they can go, okay, just like they do with scouting in the NFL, they go, okay, well, this guy ran a 4-3. They, he, he bench-pressed 225, 35, 40 times. He squatted this amount. He vertical jump his, you know, a broad jump, all these different 5-10-5 five, five, uh, uh, scenarios or, or metrics that they look at. A lot of times they go back and go, well, I mean, we yeah, we drafted him in the first round, but look what he did. Uh, so they use a lot of analytics, a, a lot of data, uh, now in order to make these decisions. I'm not so sure if it's not just to be able to have something to fall back on. I've never seen so many teams go for it on fourth down on their side of the 50 in my life. And I, it, apparently it is the analytics. It must be that because, well, 
I mean, and then I guess you could call it logical. I, I can't. It just does. It's kind of blows my mind a little bit. I, I was standing in front of the TV last night. And I was going, what do you do? Am I reading the score wrong? That's the first <laughs> thing I thought. Yeah. Um, golly, it, it was, just made no sense. But it was a, a great comeback by the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, Pat, they were 17 Pat, Patrick Mahomes was just at his best. Chiefs have a really good defense. Um, Chiefs look great. I, I still can't figure out how they lost to the Colts the prior week, but um, they're a good team. And uh, I, I think that the AFC Championship was probably once again going to go through Kansas City. And, Jay, have have you ever played in that stadium? Because mm-hmm. I, I have uh, – I've, I've never been to a, a game there, never covered a game, but uh, so many players have told me that it's the loudest NFL stadium in the league. Yeah, probably one of the loudest, at least. Um, I, I played in it twice, and um, well, I sat there and held the, the clipboard twice. But um, I actually enjoyed it um, and enjoyed the crowd. And at the very end of um, you know the national anthem, they say the home of the Chiefs, and they all go at the same time, uh, kind of like uh, some other places uh, around the country. But, yeah, it is a great atmosphere, the tailgating that's going on outside, kind of where it sits right there by Royal Stadium. Um, and I, I think they're still right there close together. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. was an unbelievable environment and the fans are, are ruckus. Um, they're fun. They're, they're loud. They love their chiefs. And, um, I've actually got, I was talking to one of my relatives up in Missouri and he lives in St. Louis. I mean, uh, uh, right outside Columbia. And, um, we were talking about his, you know, I, I thought he was a chief. He hates the chiefs. I was like, how can you hate the chiefs? They're right. He goes, I've hated them all my life. <laughs> He's a big, uh, Tom Brady fan. I may have influenced him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I've heard it's a college atmosphere. Just just bad. I mean, good, good, bad. Yeah. Bad as a good. As yeah, good yeah, bad. yeah. The tailgating scene is really cool. Um, I've driven past that while the game's been going on. And uh, the parking lot there just goes on and on and on for as far as the eye can see, and uh, and they they definitely get after it in the in the tailgate scene there. If you are a Kansas City Chiefs and Royals fan, you are loyal to the bone too. Mm-hmm. Going back to Lenny Dawson, even further than that. But anyway, what about Devontae Adams? After the game, he shoves a, a photographer out of his way. Yeah, that was not a good look. It was captured on national television on Monday Night Football, and I think Adams is going to get suspended uh, a game because you can't push a credential. You can't push anybody, but he he clearly did it in frustration, and um, and yeah, and it, it was a guy with holding a boom mic, and uh, and you know Devontae didn't try to help him up. He did apologize. Uh, that was a CYA maneuver uh, in, the, in the locker room. Uh, it was as if his agent had called him or texted him saying, you better tell reporters you're uh, sorry. But it wasn't like he showed a ton of contrition, didn't ask how the guy was. Um, it's just something you can't do. You can't do that, Matt. No, and I'm looking at the replay again. He Get out of my way is what he's saying. Get out of my yeah. way. When you're on the field, it's yeah. fair game. <laughs> Yeah, if you get rolled up as a photographer on the sideline, of course, that's different than being intentionally shoved, Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, I think he's going to get Don't get in his way. <laughs> going off the field. Stay out of that. Well, it Stay looked out like of that was a no, pretty, I'll, pretty I'll be honest. The guy looked very, very innocent. Like he was, he was surprised that he was in his way. Yeah, and I don't even think he really saw him coming. 
No, um, you didn't. So it was, <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, at, and and look, there is a reason why there's a cool down period, correct, Jay? Of 15 minutes before the locker room opens in the NFL, uh, after the final whistle. Because you guys get a chance just to let the emotions cool down a little bit and and don't say anything in the heat of the moment that you'll regret. And, um, you know, I think that just gives more evidence as to why there is a cool down period. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I, I've always I've heard that Devontae Parker is a really good guy. Adams, or Devontae Adam. Adams, sorry, uh, Devontae Adams is a really good guy, and um, like he just let his emotions get the best of him. Right, since we went NFL early have- segment here, um, got, got to get you guys' thoughts. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but what did you think about the rough in the passer with Tom Brady? I know the NFL now is looking at some ways to help out with this particular rule. Um, a, a couple players and, and some people off record said maybe it's best to go to instant replay to make sure you get it right on a situation like that. But uh, what did you guys think about the actual call? Horrible. It's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I don't know if if Brady – well, one, Brady would be the only quarterback in the league that would get that call. I mean, Brady gets more calls Bingo. than any, any – Yeah, any I mean, that's, that is roughing a 45-year-old, right? <laughs> that's right, is it, is yes. Is it a bigger penalty if he's over 40? But yeah, it right. was almost as if Brady was in <laughs> Brady was in the huddle with the referees. It was like Brady was a part of it. Is that, that's you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it cost uh, – it it, it 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 costs the who are they playing the Falcons uh, a, a chance to win that game, and that yeah. and and you know what that could ultimately cost him a chance to make the playoffs. I saw that one horrible call All because but a I, little I, bitty I, baby but I wonder Brady. I wonder does does he get that call if Tua doesn't get hurt on Thursday Night Football? Wow, good thought because good uh, all across the league. And that was not called for a flag, but he did kind of the, the the Bengals player slung him to the ground, but he was just trying to get him down. Uh, and it, it that hit against Tua actually looked worse than the one that Brady got. And then also the one last night, Chris Jones uh, rips the ball away from uh, from Carr, the the Raiders quarterback, and he actually tried to. Uh, cushion the blow to the ground and not land with the full force of his 340 pounds or whatever he weighs. And uh, just another horrible call. Could have yeah. could have cost the Chiefs a game. That, that yeah. is a really good thought, uh, especially for it to happen immediately after I think, that. yeah, I do think this all goes back to Tua, and they just don't want another scene like that. But it's a – how do you uh, – I don't know, Jay. Like, what what kind of protections do you think the quarterback should get? I do think lower body protection, where a guy's going into your knees. I think that you know anything that's you know an obvious late hit. Um, I think that you know anything like that. I think is is to be called. I, I think they've gotten a little bit too soft on it, or are too tough on the crime um, of of roughing a passer, or even on even in the field of play. I mean. I don't know. I grew up in a different era. I grew up in a different time where, you know, the hits were there. I mean, they had the greatest hits, uh, CDs they put out we've talked about uh, that, you know, you can't see that anymore. Uh, and I know, look, it's player safety and they're looking out to – it's more of a legal thing. It's more of a money thing than anything else. And um, and also them wanting to protect their quarterbacks. I mean, the guys are making $20, $30, 40 $50 million a year, some. And the the owners and the, uh, you know, the league does not want to see their stars out for a game. They want them playing. 
So they're going to protect them even more today than they ever have before. Uh, I, 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 I didn't think the call was rough in the past. I think Tom did a good job uh, campaigning for it right when he got hit. I mean, he was already talking to the head ref, <laughs> yeah. and the flag came out, and uh, he talked, I think, talked them into it. And, um, you know, but, you know, again, it, it, at least the referee stood by his call. I mean, after the game, he didn't, he didn't hesitate yeah, he did. a, a, at all about it. He said he was unnecessarily flung to the ground. Do y'all remember yeah. what Jack Lambert said? What did Jack take your head off? He said, "He said, yeah, he was bad, dude. He was. Uh, he said quarterbacks ought to just wear wear dresses. <laughs> <laughs> he could get away with saying that. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll continue on the other side, and uh, more to come. Alabama." Tennessee week, you're getting the cigars ready, and uh, much more with the SEC as far as some of the big uh, games coming up, also nationally. And Ohio State now moves into number one in the betting odds to finish number one. We'll tell you uh, all about that coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Hey, guys, this is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. Seemingly cloudy with the low at 64. For tomorrow, a cloudy day. We'll have the chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. There's a new favorite atop the odds to win the national championship according to ESPN at sports books. Uh, and for the first time in nearly uh, two years, it doesn't uh, hell from the SEC. Ohio State moved past Alabama and Georgia this week to become the consensus favorite to win the college football playoff. The Buckeyes are plus 200 at Caesars Sportsbook, followed by the Crimson Tide and Bulldogs, each at plus 220. Since November 2020, that a team other than Alabama or Georgia has been the consensus favorite. The Buckeyes, Bulldogs, and Crimson Tide have been atop the national championship odds all season and account for nearly 60% of the money wagered on BetMGM's odds to win the national championship. They are the only teams with single-digit odds. Clemson is 12-1. to USC is 16-1, to followed by Michigan at 20-1. to And Tennessee, which hosts Alabama this week, is at 40-1. to So even though they got off to a slow start, opening weekend against Notre Dame responded with five consecutive blowout victories. Uh, albeit uh, against uh, mediocre competition. Since being held to 21 points by the Fighting Fighting Irish, the Buckeyes have averaged 54.4 points with an average margin of victory of 37.6. Your guys' thoughts on this? I don't think any surprises here based on the numbers they put up. No, I I think Ohio State um, has clearly established itself as the best team in the country. And uh, if they can get past Michigan at the end of the season – uh, they will be in the playoffs, and I think uh, Stroud is um, is uh, certainly got to be considered the Heisman Trophy favorite. Their quarterback, he's playing at a really high level. He's playing um, at an NFL level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, last week he was twenty-one to twenty-six for three sixty-ones, and oh yeah, six touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> uh, he did throw a rare pick, but. Um, yeah, I mean he he is definitely playing uh, uh, lights out, 
And um, I think he's really creating separation from the others uh, in the Heisman race. And, uh, and again, he said it was a career high last week when Ohio State just annihilated Mich- Michigan State. Michigan State has just fallen off the face of Ever the, since the planet. That Ever since contract. Mel Tucker signed that, you know, 90 million plus contract. And I, that, that was a head-scratching move at the time. Uh, but man, it, it 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 looks worse and worse as as we move forward. But um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think C.J. Stroud is uh, is 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 clearly clearly the front runner. Matt remaining on their schedule, they are off this week. Then they host Iowa. Win. Then they go to Penn State. A chance there for Penn State? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh an absolute no. Yeah. Mars Anderson. Yes. Uh, then they go to Northwestern. Yes. Indiana. Uh, and then they got Michigan at home. So uh, I see them running the table. Yeah, I do too. And then they'll play a. You know who's in first place on the other side of the division? By the way. Don't say Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. How can that be? Because they went into they, they went into Piscataway, New Jersey, on Friday night and laid you love it to, to say them. that, don't you? Fourteen, thirteen. <laughs> Jay, do you see him running the table? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, that Penn State game is the only one, as you brought up, because it's at Penn State. And, um, you know, whether or not the environment and things that can go wrong uh, in places, we've seen it with Alabama, we've seen it with other teams. When you go on the road, it's just tough to play. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and look, I mean, I was even listening to uh, some comments. I can't remember what I saw from Joel Platt. You know, talking about this team for Ohio State, and he's going to, you know, he's a big, big 10 guy. And, uh, but he even admitted, he said, you know, the, the schedule is, is not good. The schedule is pretty weak, uh, when it comes to the competition until you get here at the end of the year. And, um, you know, you've got the Penn States, which, you know, Lars even said immediately, you know, no, nope, they're, they're going to win that one. Michigan may be the only one that really gives them a true test, uh, this entire year, besides Notre Dame at the beginning of the year, which, you know, normally you kind of come out maybe sometimes a little bit flat. Um, and don't play your best football, but uh, they're playing at a very high level right now. C.J. Stroud looks looks amazing, and um, I, I think he'll continue to do that throughout the year. They should definitely run the table, and it's going to be fun to watch and see if you can get Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson looks to keep, be getting better each week as well. And uh, can you get those four back into uh, the playoffs in a national championship picture? So we're about halfway through the season, which is – Horrible. <laughs> it goes too fast. Um, who do you think is would be named the top SEC offensive player right now? Booker, um, I think. Would you, you? You think? Yeah. You think he'd be the overall player of the year? Uh, I think so. Right now, yeah. How about you know, I, I think this game coming up will have a lot to say about his chances at being the SEC player of the year, and maybe even Heisman if he goes off for. 350 and runs for another 100. Oh, he'll get he'll be neck and neck with Stroud for for the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I you know what? I don't think Tennessee's faced a defense like this yet. No. And um I, that's it's it's going to be a real test for him. Um hopefully, and I don't get very bold about many games, but hopefully Alabama prevails because I'm old school Alabama fan. Yeah, and and Jay, you mentioned that cheetah package earlier, and that is uh, when they really are using a, a three outside linebacker formation uh, with Anderson and Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Just from what you saw on Saturday, why was that so effective? 
and uh, and it, it, certainly it will be a package that will be employed on Saturday against Tennessee. Yeah, just the athleticism, the length, the size, the speed, the way that they can drop guys out into coverage. Um, and Braswell is heavy-handed, um, really great pass rusher. He can go up against the the tackles, the guards, anybody. You can put him pretty much anywhere. So that that's the thing. You can get matchups that you don't normally get because now you've got three guys that can play the edge. So now one of those guys can move inside and go up against a guard or a center or move them around and you know stack them where they, they, they can't double-team them and stuff and put them on different sides of the ball. I mean, it's just a lot of different things they can do out of this cheetah package. After the game, kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, I call it the cheetah triangle. Once the quarterbacks go in there, you're not sure they'll ever come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is it cheetah or cheaters because it's so unfair to the other team? Cheetah. <laughs> Okay, not funny. <laughs> hey, uh, just real quick, I just but saw also, this come but, up. But look at what – But sorry, Jay, I was just going to say, when they didn't run that package, you know how effective King was? 25 of 33 for 253 wow, good two stat. touchdowns. Run that by me again because I talked so over So when me. they weren't in the Cheetah package, Haynes King, the quarterback, uh, was 25 of 33 for 253 and two touchdowns. So you'd think they would want to run that package quite often because he was uh, just hurried so consistently when those three outside linebackers were on the field for the, the whatever it would be, a third down play. I mean, it's basically a, a three-man race to the quarterback. Those guys are so fast. Um, and, and, and the formations vary uh, by where they line up. But um, and that, I think that's why it, it's so confusing for the quarterback because you don't actually know where will because you want to prioritize Will Anderson, right? You want to make sure that you you have uh, help wherever he is, but he just lines up all over the field in that package. So it's it's something fun that's wa- to watch. It is really fun to watch, and I, I I know this to be true, not having viewed it. But Jay, you got to believe that they're working more on that package this week. And different ways to use it, which uh, should spell much difficulty for Hooker. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, the, the guy that's really emerged to up front is Otis, um, which I think allows them to do a lot of this as well because he takes up so much space in the run game, uh, even though I think they feel like they can put this, these guys in against a spread offense like a Tennessee, like a Mississippi State, and and have a success because of the, of the athleticism these guys have. And not only can they pass rush, but they can also stop the run. Um, you know that that's the I think the key to this thing is that it, that that's where you know it becomes very effective against spread style offenses. This week, though, what you're going to get with Tennessee, you're going to get the two wide outs on each side spread out as wide as possible. They're going to spread the field to get you horizontally, um, you know, spread out just on formation uh, to really get a look at the defense. What are you playing? Are you in man? You in zone? Uh, Alabama will kind of I think adjust to that with some different uh, formation schemes they'll have on the defense side of the football, but they really open up the middle of the field. So off those RPOs, a lot of space receivers underneath to catch the ball. That's where you're, you know, whether it's outside linebacker, inside linebackers, you got to get to that spacing very quickly, uh, not overrun it. And then a guy coming behind them, safeties have to be careful about it as well for the deep balls and some of the things they run off of that, whether it be wheel routes, uh, double post, um, you know, the, uh, what they used to call scissor routes. I don't know if they still call it that, uh, if Tennessee even calls it that. But, you know, there's just a lot of different things that Hypo does and then the speed and the tempo that they use to make you get the line of scrimmage and make those decisions very, very quickly. All right, uh, I'll finish on this. Frazier Welding in Knoxville, Tennessee, was given the order this morning to fabricate two field goal posts. 
for Neyland Stadium with anticipation of Tennessee upsetting Alabama. Tennessee plays UT Martin seven days later, and Danny White wants to have spares awaiting. So uh, they've ordered two <laughs> field goal posts for Neyland Stadium. They're, they're thinking way ahead. Yeah. I bet Danny White's not too happy that that bit of information got out. Uh, probably not. But then again, if he thinks they're going to win, maybe that's what he's doing. I that's uh that's odd. Uh, I hope they end up paying for a lot of welding, not using it. That's my <laughs> All right, let's take let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, we can know. come back and uh, more on some of the big matchups coming up. I want to talk about uh, Harson and kind of where you guys see him and uh, what is Harmer going to do. Uh, what you guys have heard as well, Lars, from some of your national media contacts about Brian Harson and um, I, I know Rule is now. Uh, out at the Panthers. He's been a guy that was named even before uh, he was out that uh, might be a possibility to be the new head coach for the Auburn Tigers. But uh, Brian Harson, you know, how do you coach through a situation where most of the fans, most of the media, and maybe even yourself know that uh, this year is coming to an end and that uh, your time at Auburn uh, looks to be up? Uh, how tough is that to coach in an environment like that? We'll dive into all that and much more coming up on the other side. And also, he got named worse than Barfield by one reporter. We'll tell you more about it coming up on the other side. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Today, I guess, Tulsi Gabbard said aloha to the Democratic Party. We'll see whether or not Auburn says aloha to uh, Coach Harson. Aloha means hello and goodbye. Uh, and uh, when it comes to uh, Hawaii, uh, but as far as uh, the, that, that term. But uh, your guys' thoughts on uh, Coach Harson and uh, kind of where he uh, kind of sits in your guys' minds. And, and Lawrence, I'd, more importantly, uh, not more importantly, but I'd love to hear your take. I mean, you know you talk to a lot of the national media guys. How are they seeing this thing? playing out right now and just kind of how do they feel the way Harson had what he's gone through during the offseason to even now and look you got to win games to stay in it um you know when you're three and one it's different and and now sitting at three and three uh it just not not a place that uh, any coach wants to be especially uh at Auburn after uh, again what happened in the offseason but uh, it's been crazy uh, I saw I, I think uh, it was Joseph Goodman this morning wrote an article or yesterday talking about Harson and saying that he's worse than uh, Doug Barfield. Yeah, worst coach in Auburn history. Uh, he he uh, labeled Harson as the worst hire in SEC football history. Uh, that's that's saying that's something. Extreme. That's extreme. That's not true. <laughs> uh, he's entitled his own opinion. I love him as a writer, but I think he's gone a little overboard. Here. Yeah. Do you? 
You think he's the worst hire in the history of the SEC? I would have to root. No. Uh, Do you know who I, Ears I, my, Whitworth is? How about Mike Price? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Throw him uh, Bingo. Lars, <laughs> Lars one. Joseph Goodman, zero. Uh, hey, I love Joe, too. I think he's terrific. He's a, ter- uh, a great job. And he's very g- generous with his time at my, with my classes. But, um, you know, Harson hired in December of 2020. What happens a couple weeks later? Alabama wins the national championship. What happens the next season? Georgia wins the national championship. Meanwhile, uh, the year uh, in in twenty twenty, who uh, who uh, I'm sorry, who wins the the recruiting national championship? Alabama. Year before that, it was Georgia. Alabama, Clemson finished one, two, and three. I mean, you got to be able to recruit. You have yep. to be able to go against Saban go against uh, Kirby, and in some cases go against uh, Dabo Sweeney. And you could argue that those are the three top recruiting head coaches in the country, and those are the guys that you are going against in the living rooms. And and look, I, I, I firmly believe this. Recruiting is more important than coaching. No question. It's the, as Jay often says, it's the Jimmys and Joes. So, uh, and man, he, he – and he – you're – really good to point out that he's hired Georgia Alabama win the national championships and what are they an, uh, 100 miles apart from each one <laughs> yeah I know and, it's really it, tough he's in a tough situation he, he, no, that's he, not even to take he didn't into, help himself no he did not help himself neither at did all Auburn no neither did Auburn I think he is going to be gone after this week I mean I think the, the I mean I almost feel bad for the guy it's like he, he needs like the metaphorical mercy killing here. Like just let him go. Can he, he just walk out and, there and, and throw on, a towel? On and... the sideline, he looks like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world than on that sideline. He just looks miserable. And many have made the point that it's best to, and you're one, it's best to just go ahead and do it. Let's, let's cut the tie. Let's move on. Let's go ahead and hire Matt Rule. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know if he'd come back to that level or not. Obviously, I think Matt Rule's a better coach at the college level than he is at the NFL level. I think if they're smart, they go after Hugh Freeze with uh, yeah. all the yellow wood in the world. Absolutely. I think Hugh Freeze should be target number one. And look, if they play Ole Miss on Saturday uh, at Oxford, uh, and everyone expects Ole Miss to, to really hand it to him. And then Auburn has a bye week. So it would be, if you're going to do it in the season, you would do it after this game. Uh, and so then you'd have an extra week to prepare with, uh, presumably it will be uh, Zach Etheridge who uh, promote him from associate head coach to interim coach and uh, and just let Harson and his staff, or let Harson, sorry, move on and then begin the search uh, as soon as possible because there are other schools out there doing searches already. And, um, you know, uh, there's going to be quite a few people already, I'm sure, that are knocking on the door of Matt Rule. You know, Matt Rule done a great job of building programs at the college level. It didn't work out at the NFL, but uh, he did a good job at Temple uh, and then did a good job at Baylor. And so I, I think he's going to be – uh, definitely sought after, but uh, just I think for a cultural fit, Matt. I think uh, you're right. It's uh, it's it. Hugh Freeze would be ideal. It it, it meets uh, it checks a lot of the boxes, as they say. But, uh, anyway, hey, I was just checking through the recruiting numbers here, 
And obviously Auburn has uh, gotten a few good commitments here because they were right around 50. They're now 21st. So he has, he has amped it up a little bit. Uh, not enough for this league, baby. Oh. Hey, the, uh, the Phillies are messing up my afternoon. They've taken a two to nothing lead over the Atlanta Braves. So I thought I'd give you that story before we went to break. It's early. Oh yes, it's uh, they're in the second inning. So uh, what do you what do you guys think about Sam Pittman to Auburn? Sam Pittman to Auburn? Hmm. I don't I don't like it. I think he stays at Arkansas and what he's building there. He doesn't have to recruit directly against Nick Saban in Arkansas. Yeah. Although he just understands him, he coached for Kirby. He's, you know, Coach Saban tried to hire him. Um, you know, they sit next to each other. You know, at all the different, I guess, because it's Arkansas and Alabama. But the um, they they tend to have a, you know, a French. I don't know. It, it seems like he has the personality that could go in there and create a real uh, hard nose or you know, just tough, hard nose style of uh, offense and defense. Uh, the other guy that I've always loved that that really never seems to get much attention. Uh, is David Shaw, uh, the head coach at Stanford. Um, I've always enjoyed watching him, his style of play. But he's, to me, Lars, we've talked about him for years, but over the last three or four or five years, he's kind of fallen off the, uh, the where he was mentioned every time a coaching position came up. Yeah, uh, he's certainly not the, the hot commodity that he was. Uh, you're right, just a couple of years ago. And also, I, I don't know if Auburn wants to go back to the hiring of a, of a West Coast guy and bring him to the Southeast uh, just because it didn't work with Harson. I think you need somebody that has relationships with high school coaches. Uh, he knows the lay of the land, uh, understands the culture at Auburn, and uh, knows uh, really who you've got to uh, – <laughs> who, who you need to uh, please – Right, who you what what uh, rings you need to be kissing uh, repeatedly in order to stay in the good graces of the of the it is the men that uh, make the decisions on where the program's going. Um, and again, I, I kind of I, I think Hugh Freeze is, has has done his time for the crime, so to speak, and uh, I think people have moved on. And uh, you know it would be a one-day story, I think, would in, if uh, if they were to hire Freeze, his pass would come up, he would address it, and then you, you move on. And if he does like Bruce Pearl did, who who had a similar situation, and you know NCAA, if he moves along like he did, everybody will forget it real fast. Yeah, what yeah. a good guy, by the way. I saw him at the race, and he's just a he's just a warm, personable guy. And he can recruit and coach too. So yeah, you know we have we talked about Jalen McCullough, the safety for Tennessee, and what he did Saturday night. We have not. Uh, we talked about it off air. You and yeah, I have. We need to talk about it on air on the other side of this break, don't you think, Jay? Let's do it. Yeah, we will talk about the uh, distractions and the things that you worry about in games like this, and uh, that definitely one uh, that they had uh, this past weekend. All right, we'll get into that and much more. Stay with us. We're live from AVXJ Barker Show, Matt Coulter. Lars Anderson, we'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
It's that time of the year again, Tuscaloosa Witches. Get your broom cycles ready for the 5th Annual Witches Ride on October 16th. Have fun and help the Ark of Tuscaloosa County raise money for new... ...increasingly cloudy with the low at 64. For tomorrow, a cloudy day, we'll have the chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tim Brando is going to join us here on the top of the hour at about 103, 104, somewhere in there. And then 145, we got Steve Irvine. We'll talk UAB Blazers and uh, as far as what, what's going on with them. And I uh, look forward to that. Again, Tim Brando about a little bit after one and Steve Irvine at 145 today here in hour number two. Matt, what you got? Well, I think most people have, have read the details of this story, but uh, I'll make it short and then save more time for commentary. I'll say this at the top. This is not what Josh Heupel needs going into the biggest week of his career. But anyway, uh, starting safety, I believe he's a four-year starter. Jalen McCullough was at home. He was in his apartment. This guy that was partying next door went down to get something out of his car. He came back. uh, I think he went upstairs. Yeah, he did because he ended up getting knocked down. But he goes upstairs, and he chooses the wrong apartment. He knocks. He didn't get an answer. Then he just strolls in the door was unlocked and he said oh man I, man he apologized to mccullough he says i'm so so sorry and he he gets out and he walks back towards the right apartment and mccullough just knocks the crap out of him down the stairs bloodied his mouth his head he lost tooth he lost teeth it was a it was a it was a really bad incident do you play him this week no absolutely not um, he's been charged with aggravated felony assault. I mean, that's a serious charge. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that McCullough just be, became aggressive when he, uh, entered the, with the man, when he entered the wrong apartment, the man apologized. Uh, and, uh, and he told McCullough that quote, he didn't have to be a blank about it. Um, the man said that to McCullough. Uh, and that's when um, that that McCullough per, uh, pursued him and became aggressive. So, and then they allegedly punched him in the face, knocked him backward downstairs, knocked him unconscious, and they found the man. The police found the man with a bloody, swollen mouth and missing teeth. Ouch! And um, yeah, it was uh, McCullough then left the complex, and uh, then. Um, did he uh, just step officials. over the guy? Go to his car? God, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, officials spoke with McCullough's girlfriend, who was there, and she called him back to the scene, and he apparently reportedly arrived with a bloody bandage on his right hand. Um, and uh, McCullough refused to answer any questions of the police and then was arrested. And, uh, yeah, he has 23 tackles so far this season fourth most on the team and uh, also he's the third Tennessee player to be arrested so far this season uh, so yeah I mean they have they have some uh, they have some off the field issues there Jay in Tennessee and how, how big of a distraction is this for for uh, 
the not just the coaching staff, but but the players who they obviously you know they're. <laughs> They're, they they see McCall as not just a teammate but a but a friend and he's he's he made it clear well, he allegedly made a very bad mistake. Yeah, and a, a Tennessee spokesman uh, said that uh, this on Monday, Volunteers coach Josh Hoppel addressed the media in the afternoon, saying there is no or they declined comments that so there is no update on McCall's status at this time. We just learned of it late Sunday. Hoppel said we're gathering more information and we'll have more for you. So. I don't know. I mean, look, was he a Tennessee fan that he hit? Maybe those teeth were already missing. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Shouldn't say that. <laughs> no. So, uh, it's okay but, uh, this yeah. week, Jay. We give each other a lot of love here. <laughs> the, uh, but, no, he, he can't play. I mean, not not if everything that what they're saying is true. Again, they'll look into it make sure that all the, the, uh, the, the testimony coming back from it about it and if anybody – saw it and what the police have to say about it but um you, you can't you can't let this kind of uh, activity go on on your team or uh, especially after games I, I just don't understand guys sometimes why they think that they've got to do stuff like that. i don't know you know maybe it's because they're drinking and some other stuff that maybe makes them do that kind of stuff but um yeah crazy it was in the very very wee hours by the way yeah. So uh, police, have... police are saying, I, I'm, I'm seeing that they responded to the apartment complex around 3.30 p.m. on Sunday. Damn. <laughs> oh, I thought I I, uh, I missed the P instead of an A. So that makes it even worse. It yeah, 3.28 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That guy was teeing it up early. <laughs> yeah, he was. Tim Brando coming up uh, at 1 o'clock. We got Steve Irvine at 145 talking UAB. Stay with us. Hour number two next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down at Tuscaloosa and they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family do so much for the community but, more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC.letterO. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Back in hour number two here on the Jay Barker Show, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and uh, we are presented by Top Golf at Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today; you'll love it. We call it the bowling of this generation with family, friends, coworkers, the food, the drinks, the fun. You'll love Top Golf at Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Oxford Anderson. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Let's welcome in from Fox Sports, and uh, always great to have him on. Tim Brando with us each and every week, and uh, Tim, I hope you had a great weekend, a great call, and uh, thanks for being with us. Oh, wonderful, Jay. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Matt and Lars. Yeah, I had an epic weekend in uh, Pasadena. I got to experience the Rose Bowl for the very first time, and I think we had one of the better games of the day. The UCLA win over Utah was tremendous. I think the Bruins are uh, a team to be reckoned with, and now with a week off uh, uh, preparatory to Oregon for them uh, on the 22nd, they're in a position to really be a factor uh, at the end of the year, that USC-UCLA game could be like, um, you know, waking up the echoes of the Gary Beban-O.J. Simpson period <laughs> in the 60s if these two teams uh, stay uh, on the winning track. We'll see. But it was a lot of fun. It was everything I thought it would be. I got to go back to your first experience the Rose Bowl. you never been to the Rose Bowl till then? Never been to the Rose Bowl. Never called a game at the Rose Bowl. Wow. It's the last, really the last um, cauldron cathedral if you will of, of college athletics that i've not visited and uh so it was definitely a bucket lister that was uh wiped off my list but i think because of where i am at this stage of my life and career i, I really appreciated it more than by example uh i did notre dame stadium in 1989 and if you did not call a game at notre dame stadium uh before 1990 then you had to work at nbc to do a game at Notre Dame Stadium. So Vince Dooley and I did the Pitt, uh, uh, Pitt Notre Dame game when Rocket Ishmael and Tony Rice and those guys were the defending national champions. They were number one in the country. They played Alex Van Pelt and, uh, and Pitt. Mike Godfrey was the coach. They were number seven in the country, so a pair of unbeatens. And, I, you know, as much fun as that was, I was 33 years old, but... You know, I just sort of thought, okay, well, I'll be back here again. You know, I'll I'll do more games. No, I, no, Tim, you won't because NPC is going to take over the next year. And uh, you know, when I before I went to the Big Ten, I had never done a game at Michigan Stadium. I'd never been at the Big House. I'd never been at the Old Horseshoe. And uh, those were the other two that I had not been in. And you know, to get the Rose Bowl Stadium. Uh, on the resume was something that for me really did matter. Have you got a favorite? Uh, you know what? I can, I can, um, 
Well, you know, look, oh, I don't want to leave out the, the you know, you take the SEC uh, locations, and I did all of those, and my God, um, I don't know that, I, I certainly wouldn't put uh, Tennessee, uh, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, I wouldn't put them in some other tier, you know, I think they all register with, with, um, with these epic buildings, but Outside the SEC, you know, I just always felt like I'd missed out. Uh, I only did the one uh, one year of play-by-play at ESPN because I went back into the studio and Vince became the AD at Georgia in 1990. Um, that's a great question, Matt. I think that um, I think that I when I, I know when I went to Fox, the, the thing that I had on my mind was I really want to call games someplace else. I want to be in stadiums that I've not been in that are outside the South because I've been to all of those. Uh, and th- that is to say I don't miss the SEC in some measure because I do. But I really wanted to do what Keith Jackson always did. You know, people people in the SEC all feel that Keith Jackson is theirs. Well, the people at the Rose Bowl believe Keith Jackson is theirs because he did all those Rose Bowls. The broadcast location, the, the building – he has a statue there. Uh, the, 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 the booth is named after him. It's the Keith Jackson Broadcast Center that you're going into to broadcast the game. Uh, you know, he did games everywhere. He, the Michigan-Ohio State game was his for years. So he did it all. You know, I think that we have an ownership feeling in, in college football that we believe that he's all about the SEC because he did all those Alabama-Auburn games and georgia Florida games, and he did, but he also did every other great rivalry in college football. So, you know, for me, it was um, uh, more about getting into those other places. Uh, the Rose Bowl uh, itself. Now, you have to understand, UCLA is only going to draw about, you know, half the half the size of a Rose Bowl. Okay, they have those tarps up in the upper deck. Uh, it's a good hour's drive from Westwood to get to Pasadena, so it's going to impact their crowds. But the crowd was active on Saturday. The game was meaningful, and everybody was into it. But because I was there and because I experienced it, now I can at least have an understanding of what a Rose Bowl must be like, you know. And that's something that I had not felt before, you know, as a broadcaster. So, And Spencer had not been in there either. Uh, he played against UCLA, but at home, uh, not, not, not in the Rose Bowl. So um, we were both kidding. It was like being a kid again. Uh, I, I would tell you that um, the Rose Bowl would compare it to the Horseshoe, the Big House, and Notre Dame Stadium. I'm going to take the Rose Bowl. Okay, I would take it over the other three uh, because of the step, and because it wouldn't matter who's playing. I would still want to be there if if the crowd's into it and the game is meaningful. And uh, the history there. It was also this is the centennial year of the Rose Bowl. The building is 100 years old. It opened uh, October the 28th of 1922. Ironically, it was USC that played Cal to open the building. <laughs> the rival opened it. Uh, UCLA's only been playing their home games there since 82, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, U- UCLA back in the day used to share the Coliseum with USC. Uh, and then in 82, they struck a deal with uh, with the Rose Bowl. So um those are great questions but i'll just tell you that now i feel like okay I, there, there's not a stadium that I, that i've wanted to be in that i haven't been in and now i feel like everything else is great 
everything else that I do the rest of my career is gravy. Uh, Tim, yeah, it's, it's going to the SEC uh, when I covered games at uh, Neyland Stadium at Tennessee. I, I just the press box was so high up; it, it, you, you feel like you're yeah. almost in the clouds. I, I, I assume right. you would have a better view if you're calling it at oh, Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah. Th- yeah, yeah, okay. So th- that leads me to uh, just your thoughts on on the job that Josh Heupel has done. Uh, you know this this list. This last week, they came into your backyard in Baton Rouge and uh, mm-hmm. played really well against LSU. Uh, Hooker looks like a legit um, uh, SEC player of the year candidate, if not a Heisman yeah. candidate. Uh, just your thoughts on, on Tennessee, uh, and do they have a, a, a chance to pull off the upset on Saturday at home against Alabama? If Bryce Young weren't starting, I'd favor Tennessee. Okay. Chris Lowe tells me he's going to start. So, I mean, I, I know he's uh, on speed dial with Nick, so I'm going to believe that he's playing. Yeah, he is. Okay. So <laughs> so that's the reason for the seven and a half. And it might expand, I guess. But Hendon Hooker, right now, I would put he and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, I think I'd put them one-two right now for the Heisman. I would. I think Hooker is outstanding. And if you saw any of my game and you saw DTR, I know he's been there since Methuselah. <laughs> this is like his 18th year at UCLA. <laughs> but, you know, that kid stayed, you know, in a, at a position where so many people transferred. Dorian Thompson Robinson stayed put and, and Chip Kelly's offense is better for it. But, but Hooker is incredible. And more than anything else, the thing that impressed me about Tennessee was how they just dismantled physically. LSU. I mean, they pushed them around uh, on both sides of the ball. This was an LSU team that, yeah, has some offensive line issues. I'll give you that. But defensively, they got pushed around, too, by by Tennessee's offensive front. Um, I'm I'm very impressed with the Volunteers. And and Heupel, you know, you think about it, I don't know how many people have written about this in the South, but, you know, he was sort of run out of Oklahoma on a rail. You know, uh, I think a lot of people were shocked that Josh did as well as he did, even at Missouri. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a, how do I put it? It was a little bitterness, family bitterness, I think, with OU when, when it didn't work out and he was suddenly gone from there. And now you look around and <laughs> who would you rather be now, Venables or Hypo? <laughs> I mean, Think about it. He could have been the prodigal son coming back when Lincoln Riley uh, left. And no, and I, and I think that it was a cool feeling, a very cool, brisk feeling between Heupel and his, uh, his OU history. Uh, and, and given what he meant to that team um, and a national championship run, that's kind of an amazing thing when you think about it. Um, Alabama is not very good right now, fellas. I mean, I hate to tell you, but they are not very good. They're they're probably the least impressive, undefeated brand name right now out there. And um, you know, they were very fortunate that they didn't have to defend one more play uh, in that A and M game. Now, A and M's offense was anemic. I don't think they A and M could have run three plays from the, the two and a half yard line and not gotten into the end zone. But uh, you tell me, in what other game? 
would uh, an interception take place, a flag be thrown, a knee hit the ground in the end zone, and three more seconds go off the clock, and neither the white hat or the supervisor of officials, the replay official, not call down and say, hey, we got to put three more seconds on that clock. Okay? That is a sickening, laughable, horrible job done by the SEC. And is anybody talking about that this week? Have we seen anybody in the media nope. uh, take break down what happened? Uh, that should have been at least six seconds left on the clock, which would have enabled two plays to have been called rather than one. Alabama was very lucky to get out of there with a win. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, uh, Tim Brando, our guest from Fox Sports. We, we brought it this weekend and even a little bit last week, and we've talked about it even uh, throughout uh, over the number of years, that Tennessee needed to be back for the SEC. That yeah. Nay- Nalen yeah. and Bryant uh, built the conference. They were competing for the SEC titles, and Nalen got Bryant uh, a lot of the times, uh, was able to beat him. And it was such a huge rivalry then. I mean, our coaching staff, it was all coached by Bryant or played for him uh, or coached with him. Um, I mean, they emphasized that game more than they did the Auburn game every year oh, yeah. I was there. Talk, talk yeah. about yeah. having Tennessee back, what that means for the SEC. Well, I, I, you know, I was talking about, we were talking about other stadiums, Jay. One of my great thrills was to call Peyton Manning's last game at home for Tennessee. Now, granted, they, they kind of stunk it up that day. Woody Woodenhofer was the defensive coach, a head coach at um, Vanderbilt, and they had like the seventh-ranked defense in the country. They also had the whatever the last place, I don't know how many Division One teams there were in college football, but they had to be dead last in offense. But they had Corey Chavis and a lot of other really good players on their team that year back in 97. Uh, so I did two. Of, I did that game and I did his game, uh, Peyton's game against Tim Couch uh, a week earlier. Uh, one game was on Raycom and the other game was a CBS game. And it was a thrill to be there. I thought that you know, that victory, if you recall, that early victory that Peyton got against against Alabama was a really big deal to them at the time. And really, Alabama wasn't that good uh, at that particular time. Uh, and they were going through the, the coaching carousel. But it still mattered a lot to Tennessee. Okay? <laughs> I guarantee you the old sports information people there, Bud Ford, Haywood Harris, all those guys, uh, don't they, they weren't going to worry about what Alabama's record was. All they knew was they were consecutively beating Alabama, and that's what that's what mattered to them. Uh, I, I've talked to Philip many times about how badly they wanted to beat Alabama and how much more that game meant to them, uh, even though Florida at the time, okay, was Spurrier was their biggest rival, and they were playing that game almost every year in September you know, the second or third week of the season. So it was really the Alabama game that was the most anticipated. And I'm with you. I think that uh, as far as rivalries go, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I always felt that Alabama's biggest rival was Tennessee uh, because it was uh, that team with that history with, with General Nealon and all that. And I always felt that LSU, despite what people in Alabama thought and people in Louisiana thought, I thought LSU's hatred for Florida was greater, and Florida's hatred for LSU was greater. Uh, so it depends on maybe the different eras when you played, and God knows when you were there, Tennessee was a big deal <laughs> in Alabama. No question about it. So it's great to see this game uh, mean a lot again. And I'm um, not tell you, it's going to be tough, even with Bryce Young back, um, Having not played for a few weeks, not not being on the field uh, 
as much. Uh, you know better than I, in terms of uh, taking the reps and getting ready for a game, what that might be able to do. The thing that impressed me the most about Tennessee in Baton Rouge the other day wasn't their offense as much as it was their defense. Um, I knew that Hendon Hooker was great, and I knew he had great wide receivers, but uh, I thought their defense just uh, manhandled LSU. Tim, can you hang on through the break? Yeah, I'll be fine. Okay. I'll be happy. I got got a question I bet you have not been asked. Not ever. But I'll bet (laughs) it's not often. All right. You got it. All right, good stuff. We'll take a break. Come back. Tim Brando, Fox Sports, joining us here on the Jay Barker Show. Back coach Lars Anderson. We'll be back. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. Increasingly cloudy with the low at 64. For tomorrow, a cloudy day, we'll have the chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hi, right, welcome back in as we continue with Tim Brando from Fox Sports here on this Tuesday edition. And always good to have Tim on. And Tim, I want to go to Brian Harson from my end. I know Matt may have a different uh, way of going let me go back to tennessee but i'd love to get your thoughts kind of where that's at right now and kind of how you feel like uh, with all the things that happened in the offseason now what's happened i mean you got to win games i get that but uh it seemed like they've been trying to push this guy out uh for a while now and um and based on i mean i heard rick Newhausel on the broadcast pretty much say that uh, what he's heard and the brian harson said he told his family told the players we can only control what we can, can control and that uh, he kind of knows he's on his way out yeah, and uh, look, that's a typical situation to be in. But my question is, okay, who who is in charge at Auburn, A, to get rid of him, and B, who's, gonna, who's in charge of the next hire that's within the confines of the Auburn Athletic Department or the president's office? And, and unless the president does it, because the AD's gone, uh, <laughs> why don't we just say... Uh, it's time for Mr. Rain to go ahead and take over now and uh, and just just go into the president's office or uh, or wherever, the, the board's office, and say, all right, I'm doing this, and here's who I'm bringing in. I mean, they've got to know who they want, and, and they've got to know who they're going to get. So why, why would you just go through this? Um, you're allowing your university to become a, a national punchline. And that's never good, okay? The fans, not good for the fans, not good for the players. I think the players are the ones that are especially uh, impacted by this. Um, I guess to some extent, because we're not behind the uh, the confines of the locker room, Jay, maybe maybe the players, this this group wants to finish out the year with, with him. And if that's the case, uh, so be it. But a lot of other schools, you know, you saw what happened with Paul Christ at Wisconsin. I've got the Badgers this week, by the way. 
And uh, they, they did what they did because they knew Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, who's outstanding. I mean, one of the top assistant coaches in the country, played at Wisconsin, has coached at Wisconsin. They know he's going to be a head coach somewhere, and they wanted to give him a, an eight-week audition to see if he could uh, be as successful as they think he could be, maybe win the Western Division and, and, and get the job. If not, they can go in a different direction, and they, they might uh, they might be able to, because of the background of uh, Lance Leipold, who coached at Wisconsin Whitewater at the Division Three level, he might be the guy they eye. At Auburn, there's, there's, it's a rudderless ship. Uh, that's the perception, you know, and we live in a world of images and impressions. And um, Brian's going to get another job somewhere. I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to Boise because they got issues there. They, they brought Dirk Cutter back, who was the head coach about four coaches ago. You know, even even before Dan Hawkins, Dirk Cutter was the – and Dirk's son is playing there as uh, a the quarterback there. So, I mean, Brian might actually go back there and be really happy about it and have a second act. Who knows? But this isn't bad. I don't think it's particularly a bad situation for Brian, maybe for his family, having to endure all this. But he's going to land with a golden parachute. Uh, at Auburn. Meanwhile, uh, Auburn is a program. You know, I, Barrett Salee tweeted something out. I, I, I love Barrett. I, I think a lot of him, I know he keeps up. Uh, he's a dogged reporter. But he he, he mentioned uh, Matt Rule, uh, and I'm like, there's no way in hell Matt Rule's going to take a job at Auburn. No coach uh, that has a strong college football resume is going to take, uh, take that job at Auburn unless they feel like they're got they're, they are trying to overcome uh, issues of of their past that they had some, some significant baggage and they're trying really hard to get back in to Division One Power Five and maybe even more specifically the SEC. Um, and, and to me, the guy that fits that bill is Hugh Freeze. Only Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze now and forever. So go and get him. Okay, make it happen. If that's your guy. Uh, get on your way because uh, everybody else is going to be moving full throttle to to get their their guy. And the only one that makes sense that has a resume that is worth grabbing, and because of his um, uh, very unique and difficult circumstances, would just I think come in a heartbeat to Auburn is you. So go out and get it. Make it happen. You know you've made yourself look stupid before. You know, uh, getting on a, a, a tarmac in an airport to go chase down Bobby Petrino. Uh, why wouldn't you just go and do the same thing right now when you know the coach at, at Liberty is somebody you could go and get? Um, that, that, to me, is what uh, is going to eventually happen. But it, it, a lot could happen between now and then that could make it even worse. Maybe so bad that even he wouldn't take the job. I just don't. I, I just don't see that the Auburn job being as attractive. Uh, as other people do right now. They've done too much to themselves and to their own program for really highly reputable coaches that have not had issues in their past to really want that job. Tim, i got to get this question in before we run to the bottom of the hour break. Uh, recently, okay. Bobby Wagner, Rams player, recent Rams game, uh, clocked uh, an ill-advised fan running around on the field. Have you ever done yeah. a game when that has happened, and is there a written or unwritten rule by the networks on how they handle it as far as camera coverage? 
Yeah, there is a written, uh, and I thought, Peyton, I, I don't know if you guys watched the alternative broadcast that night or have watched any of the Manning cast, but uh, Eli and Peyton are great on that. And I just happened that night to be watching when it happened. And Peyton had to beg for it. See, what they do is they have a, a couple of extra cameras specific for the Manning cast that ESPN use, uses simply for them. So if they're talking specifically about somebody that's on the field, they can go and the director can go and grab this shot. Otherwise, they're taking a, a clean feed of what Joe and, and Troy are using on the main broadcast. Well, they knew something was going on. And Peyton basically was like, listen, I know that we can't do that on the main broadcast, but, I mean, we're the B team. You know, this is the Manning cast. Can we just show it? I mean, I really want to see this. <laughs> and they took the shot right about the time Wagner clocked him. I don't know about you, but going back in time years ago, uh, they didn't have that rule. Uh, I remember watching a CBS game years ago when Mike Curtis of the Baltimore Colts uh, took out one of these guys. It was streaking. And Dick uh, Butchus, you may have seen those. But in the past, the thought was the directors at the broadcast network said, if we show these guys, we're only we're only going to incentivize them to do it more. Okay, and we don't need to give these whack jobs incentives to be on TV. So it's a it's a worthwhile rule. It's 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 not a written rule, but it's just a rule of ethics that we've always had. Uh, it's never happened in a game that I've done. I did have a rabbit get on the field during an Oregon Stanford game at the uh, farm about six years ago, and I got to call the rabbit uh, being chased by all the players. <laughs> Uh, getting into the end zone for a touchdown in a Pac-12 after dark game. That's about the wildest thing that I've had happen to me. I guess they allowed camera coverage on the rabbit, but not the human being. So there you go. Not the human being, right? Uh. <laughs> uh, exactly. You're the best, Tim. Thanks. Exactly. Uh. Tim, thank you, my man. Always great Tell stuff. Tell everybody. Yeah. Great being on with you guys. It always is. You know that. Take right, care. Tim, thank you. Thanks, Tim Brando, joining us from Five Sports. Always very entertaining. All right, uh, we'll continue and uh, with hour number two. And Steve Irvine is going to join us here in about 13 minutes at 145. We'll talk UAB Blazers with him. Stay with us. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. As we continue here live from ABX Audio Video Excellence, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, I'm Jay Barker, and we've got a number of matchups coming up this weekend in the SEC. And again, thanks to Tim Brando for joining us from Fox Sports and his breakdown on the Crimson Tide. Uh, some uh, interesting things he had to say about Alabama as well as the Harson 
situation going on down at uh, with the Auburn Tigers. Auburn is at Ole Miss. Ole Miss now number nine in the country, 11 a.m. That's the first game on ESPN for the SEC. Then it's Vandy at number one, Georgia, 2.30 on uh, SEC Network. Uh, Alabama, number three, versus number six, Tennessee at 2.30 on CBS. Arkansas at BYU at 2.30 on ESPN. LSU at Florida, 6 p.m. on ESPN. And number 16, Mississippi State at number 22, Kentucky at 6.30 on the SEC Network. Outside of Alabama, Tennessee, guys, which game interests you the most coming up this weekend? Well... I wanted to stick on one thing that Tim Brando said, because this is very important, that he talked to Chris Lowe, ESPN reporter, and no one is closer to Nick Saban in the media than Chris Lowe. Absolutely. I mean, when when Nick, Nick wants to get something out that is uh, beyond, that he wants it to go beyond sort of the state, Chris Lowe is the guy that he calls. Okay, who, and, is, who is he in he, reference? Where does he work? No, I... I did you just say? Yeah, sorry. It's I'm okay. not paying attention. Uh, reporter at ESPN. Okay, okay. Long-time, yeah. long-time reporter at ESPN. Uh, really good guy and um, and just, you know, he, he, is, he is as in with Saban as anyone. And, uh, and the fact that Chris Lowe told Tim that Bryce Young is going to be playing is relatively big news. That, that Bryce Young, I mean, we all expected him to play. Uh, but, um, you know, he's, he's going to be practicing this week and, and, you know, it looks all signs according to Tim and Chris Lowe are that Bryce will be playing on Saturday. So we've so, got that result. Okay. Uh, other matchups that you're interested Chris, in. I, I'm interested in LSU Florida simply because I think these two teams are very evenly matched. If you're looking for a really good football game, you need to tune into that one at uh, six o'clock on ESPN. Uh, I don't know that it has any significance in the overall scheme of college football, particularly even in the SEC, but I want to see what happens there. Also interested to see Mississippi State of Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's going one way. The Bulldogs are going the other. Uh, Mm -hmm. Still, Mississippi State is being overlooked. Will Rogers is being overlooked. He's a good player. He's a really good player. He's really good in that system. Which other one would you point at, Jay? Uh, that was going to be mine. Mine was going to be Mississippi State and Kentucky. It's kind of Kentucky the last two weeks have lost to Ole Miss, the number 14 team. Uh, South Carolina, they lost to them, and what a huge win for Shane Beamer. And uh, Lars, I don't know if you saw him dancing around in the locker room afterwards, but uh, really celebrating that win for them. Uh, Kentucky, just got, they got to get back on track. I mean, they're still sitting inside the top 25, but uh, be a big win for them. And, and I agree with you. Will Rogers, Matt, and, and Lars, um, you know, we, we heard, I think it was um, – Archie Manning made the comment, either it was to Tim Brando or somebody that we know, said you know that he felt like that Will Rogers may be the best quarterback he saw at the Manning Academy this year as far as potential in the NFL and making all the throws and just the way that he carried himself and stuff. So uh, I know that, um, gosh, I mean, Mike Leach, he's got a great comment before or after games. that has nothing to do with football every single weekend, so I look forward to that as well. Let it be said, Lars, like Ruth, Call the shot on South Carolina. We need to let everyone know. <laughs> a rare hit. I'm looking forward to uh, Ole, uh, Ole Miss and, and Auburn. And can Auburn just make one final stand for Brian Harson? I doubt it. Early, it's early kick, 11 o'clock at Ole Miss. And uh, Harson may not have a job by about 5 on Saturday. <laughs> Steve Irvine's coming up, Jay. 
Steve Irvine, we'll talk Charlotte, is at UAB coming up this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. at Protective Stadium. Steve Irvine is on to talk about it. Coming up next, stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to... Tingly cloudy with the low at 64. For tomorrow, a cloudy day, we'll have the chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Steve Irvine joining us and love getting Steve on to talk about the UAB Blazers. They're now sporting the 43rd ranked offense this year, 437.4 yards per game, and have been uh, even more effective on defense, ranking 23rd best with 317.6 yards allowed per game. UAB ranks 36th in points scored this season at 34.6 per game and has been shining on defense side of the ball, ranking 20th best in the FBS with 16.8 points allowed per game. And uh, great to have Steve on. And uh, they got the Charlotte 49ers coming up uh, this weekend in Birmingham, Alabama at Protective Stadium. That game starts at 2.30 p.m. Steve, great to have you on. Hey, great to be on, guys. Appreciate it. Well, just give us your take on this Blazer team so far this year, what you've seen and and areas they've improved and areas they can improve on as they continue on. Well, it's it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for sure, but, uh, you know, I really think that, um, you know, especially the first half this past Saturday was as good as I've seen this program play in a while, really. I mean, it was uh, it was a complete. I mean, they scored thirty eight points against you know against a Middle Tennessee team that that beat Miami two weeks ago at Miami, and uh, just really on both sides of the ball, just um, just really really played well. So I, you know, I think that you know I think they can build off that for sure. Uh, you know, I think um, you know I mean Dwayne McBride and Jermaine Brown Jr. Both of them are just um, playing at another level right now. Dwayne McBride can play in any conference in his in this country and, and, and shine. I mean, the, the guy is, he's really grown into an incredible running back and, you know, watch some of the things he, he does. And, you know, that was the thing the other day, they scored 38 points and a half and, and, you know, win easily over a good team. And he had 12 touches, you know, they didn't really have to, you know, they, they did some other stuff and didn't really have to, to, uh, you know, use them a whole lot, but he still got, you know, he still had 10 yards of carry and three touchdowns and, you know, he, he's sensational. And I, and, and I think the defense, you pointed, pointed out the numbers there. I think the defense, I mean, they're playing lights out. They, they haven't, they haven't allowed a, 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 an opposing team to throw for over 204 yards on them. And they've had some teams that are good passing teams. Middle Tennessee was Georgia Southern is one of the best in the country. They're the ones that threw for 204 against them. And so there, you know, there's some things good. There's some things going good right now. Has Bryant Vincent done enough to have the interim tag removed from his title and so just become the full-time head coach? UAB is 3-2. and two. Uh, They should get the win on Saturday, so it should go to 4-2 and two, basically halfway through the season. So has Vincent done enough? Do you think he'll be uh, named permanent head coach? 
Uh, I don't think he's done enough. I mean, I think that uh, the way that's set up, uh, you know, I mean, I, the, in my belief, I, you know, I, I think he should be the guy personally, you know, from what I've seen so far. But I don't think that, you know, they really care what my belief is. And, and I think that um, I think he needs to do more. I mean, I really do. I think I think that, um, you know, and he says this all the time, and I totally agree with it, is, is you know, this, there, his, his, this book is not written yet. I mean, you know, the chapters are written. And uh, you know, I think his his thought is let's let's um, let's keep this thing going and and see what happens at the end and make the decision at the end and you know you know by that time I mean I you know it, it's hard to say but um, but I don't think that he, you know I don't think he's nearly at the point right now where 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 they're going to take that interim off uh, off of uh, off of his title uh, but uh, but but there's time you know if they keep winning I mean that's the one thing he needs to do he needs to keep winning. And, uh, you know, take away any doubt. I want to go back a, a week and talk about Rice just real quickly because I asked uh, Coach Vincent about this last week. Um, is right. Rice one of those teams that just has their number? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in a sense. And I, the reason I, the reason they, I think they do right now is Rice is, for some reason, is really good at getting into their head. And and I, I think that both both of these losses the last few years, uh, UAB has has not been there mentally. I mean, I think that uh, you know just um, just some of the mistakes they made and just some of the things they did. I mean, I, I think they they just do a good job. Rice just does has done an incredible job of, of just getting in their head. And um, I don't think talent wise they're even close. I mean, I really don't. I don't think Bryce is very talented at all. But there's something about them and something about the way that they, you know, they're smart guys, I guess. I mean, you, know, you got to be smart to go to Rice, and I guess they know how to, how to get in, the, you know, another team's head. And I think that's what, what's gone on. That's what went on last week. And, and um, you know, I think it went, it went on a year ago. Yeah, I have to totally agree with you. Sure. Just knowing that, that um, I had somebody there at the game and, and kind of said the same thing afterwards, said that they just got in our head and uh, they, they get in our head for some reason. I think you make a great point there, and you know even some of the talking on the field, the players uh, allowed to take in and not just let it brush off and go in one ear and out the other, and uh, leads to a uh, little disruption. So I think you hit it right on the head. Um, going going back to to Brian Vincent and and looking um, as far as just what he has accomplished so far this year, coming in a pretty tough spot with a coach stepping down, not having a spring practice. Uh, to kind of, you know, work on your team and do the things you wanted. You know, I mean, I guess for him, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think I think he has deserved the opportunity to be that head coach. And all the, he's been a part of this program as they rebuilt it. Uh, and you don't want to lose that story and that DNA. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, Jay. I mean, you know, and I think that um, you know, I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that and, you know, in, in, in college football in general, you know, that, that when somebody's just part of something and, uh, you know, often we look when there's a change, especially, especially a unique change. And this is a unique change. Uh, you know, you look like, okay, where, you know, where, where can we go next? We, we got to go outside and we got to, you know, we got to change things. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. You know, I think that, um, one thing about UAB, in my opinion, is uh, it's a unique place, and and you you sort of have to know the landscape to be successful, you know, especially early. Uh, so you know, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, but you know, again, we'll 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 see. Time will tell. 
five games into the season, who is the uh, MVP if, in your mind of this UAB team? Well, I mean, I think I think Dwayne McBride by far offensively, especially. I mean, he you know again he's playing at another level. I would say I would say he's the guy on you know on offense. Uh, Defensively, I would say Noah Wilder. Noah Wilder's a you know a, a, a former walk-on linebacker who's kind of the heart and soul guy. Uh, you know, going into last week, he was averaging almost 12, uh, 12 tackles a game. One, you know, uh, close. I think he was top ten in the country. Now last week, he only had three tackles, but he only really played half. You know, they decided to kind of rest some guys because you know because they they've already had their bye week now, so. They've got nine straight weeks, and so I think they they, they thought, hey, this is a good chance to rest some key guys, and so he was one of them that, that, that sat the second half. But I think Noah Wilder has really been you know sensational so far defensively. So I would think those two guys would be your you know would be your MVPs. Steve Irvine from eighteen nineteen News. You need to put that uh, on on your computer and look it up early and often, both for sports and news. Um, Steve, tell us, uh, give me a one-minute version of what you think about Charlotte. Uh, they throw the heck out of the ball. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the uh, in the conference, and Chris Reynolds has been around for six years. Had three really, really, really good uh, wide receivers. They don't, they they can't stop you. It'll be like an arena football game. You know, that's what that's what they're looking for. They they want to outscore you, and they, and they can do it. Steve, always great, my man. Thank you for being with us. Go Blazers. And again, Steve Irvine from 1819 News. Check it out. Steve, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. All right, you too. Charlotte 49ers coming in to Birmingham. Protect the stadium again, 230 on Saturday, and that is against the UAB Blazers. All right, uh, the, uh, always great to hear uh, about them. And, man, I tell you, Debo, the, the running back, is just a phenomenal player. If you haven't seen him in person, get out and watch him. Uh, if, if anybody else, but the team is as well been playing. They played really well last week. And, guys, he was right. I mean, that was the storyline. Rice got in their heads, and uh, they've done it before, and they, they've they got to overcome that uh, against that particular team. But they can, they can uh, definitely uh, get two in a row coming up this week. and played really well, especially as Steve brought up that first half last week against Middle Tennessee and uh, Middle Tennessee State. So really, really uh, great performance by them. All right, uh, Matt, Lars, y'all have a great afternoon. And uh, thanks to uh, all of our guys there at Tide 100.9 FM. Josh Smith, our producer. And most of all, thanks to all of you who listen in each and every day all throughout our network online as well. And uh, also, don't forget, we've got Crimson Tide headlines coming up. Myself, Mick Gillespie, will do that live on the Bama Insider on 3 media channel that you can watch us coming up each and every Tuesday and Thursday at 2.30. Uh, we'll do Crimson Tide headlines, all the latest headlines for Alabama coming up here in just a little bit. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Wednesday edition. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. 